never too late. Hit it. Life has to be lived forward, but you can only understand it by looking back. back. <laughs> I was standing in my garden, staring at the ground, wondering why potatoes had taken over my thoughts, and looked back for at least the hundredth time in three days to how it all began. The root of the core. Emily and I sat across from each other at the dining room table. Between us were a blender and a dozen raw potatoes lying on a cutting board, peeled and sliced. She was preparing for what her mother called something like latkes. I reached across the table. May I have a slice, I asked. Her face scrunched. Is this weird? I continued, as I reached for another. I've always liked raw potatoes, I told her, since I was a little kid. My mom used to think it was weird, but... Emily shrugged as though the concept of weird had availed her long ago, and I couldn't disagree. Four siblings sharing a bedroom, three chairs at the dining room table, Two mannequins, dressed according to holiday, guarding the entrance to their house. And one suburban, black, with black wheels and black tinted windows to get them all around. Weird was at home here. And so I shouldn't have been surprised when Emily, without missing a beat, pointed to her younger brother, Ryan, who was in the back entryway, chopping wood to feed the fire, and said, Ryan says that everything in life is either potatoes or it isn't. This statement holds true, but as a lens to view the world, probably should have had me looking at the mental whereabouts of Ryan rather than dissecting it. But for the next three days, everything in life is either shopping carts or it isn't, I would think, or everything in life is either face masks or it isn't. On and on it went, reeling at the concept. I couldn't let it go. I imagined a scene from my youth, my grandpa and I. Well, son, it's either potatoes or it isn't, he says, doling out some wisdom, like a recipe passed down through generations. I pretend to understand the words from this half-drunk, garage-tinkering old man, but I don't, because I'm still searching for a deeper meaning. 
I imagined a second scene. Brian steps onto the dining room table, arms lifted to God. Everything in life is either potatoes or it isn't, he declares, as he points down to his sister. Emily rolls her eyes and keeps slicing. Have you, my child, he continues, accepted the potato into your life? You're an idiot, Ryan, she says as she continues packing the blender. But to Ryan, it's either potatoes or it isn't. Or better said, there are potatoes and then there's everything else. Which, again, should have had me questioning Ryan. But there it was. The redirection I was looking for. Potatoes, roots, the ground, the earth. And I recalled a snippet from a poem by Rumi. The root of the root of the core. Everything I had ever seen, minus the stars, had come from the earth. The root of the root of the core. And I remembered a spiritual teacher who had once asked me to demonstrate a prayer for him. I awkwardly dropped to my knees, looked up, and began to pray. He stopped me and asked, What are you looking at? I thought about his question for a moment. I'm not sure. The general direction of up, I guessed. He suggested that if what I'm asking for comes from the earth, then I pray to the earth instead. The root of the root of the core. I was getting closer. At some point in my childhood, I realized that Santa Claus was my mom and dad. And when I did, I cut out the middleman and went directly to the source. I now knew who the higher power really was, and I had direct access. I stopped looking toward the sky and focused closer on the task at hand, getting what I wanted. And I had it all figured out, that is, until the next realization. And I took a leap toward what I call self-actualization where I could now abandon the idea of asking for something and instead get it myself. When I took this leap, I shifted the higher power to me, the root of the root of the core, realizing that I had now become Santa Claus. And I liked that because it didn't diminish the higher power, but brought it closer to me. And when I made this choice, I became more focused on the things I wanted, realizing there are the things in life we want for ourselves, and then there's everything else. Or better said, everything in life is either potatoes or it isn't.
But we lose sight. We misdirect ourselves. We get sidetracked or busy. Things happen. And happened, they did. And staring at my garden, at the potato plant I planted just months ago, and watered and fed, its roots embedded in the ideas of its own growth, that everything in life is either potatoes or it isn't, I couldn't help but notice the symbiosis. The root of the root of the core. And that I too came from the earth. This phrase Ryan taught me, at first hearing it, I thought, well, this kid seriously loves potatoes. But then I realized he's being insightful, and so I cautiously prodded him. What would you like to do with your life? I asked, fearful I'd reveal his statement as baseless. And without hesitation, Ryan told me he wants to live in his parents' basement. My face scrunched as his entire family concurred in six-part harmony. The basement dweller, they called him. His potential wisdom was slowly diminishing as his statement began to crumble. And then it occurred to me, wait, you already live in the basement. Ryan walked over to the table where Emily and I sat, took a slice of potato into his mouth and said, Life goal achieved. I stared at Emily for some time, seeking a tell of truth in her eyes as Ryan made his way downstairs to the basement, missing the last step, crashing into a pile of basement-dwelling crap. I'm okay, he yelled as I continued, staring at Emily, waiting for her to blink first. She just shrugged and said, here, David, have a potato. Thank you for listening to this episode of Never Too Late. Stories and more from me, David.